Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On December 1st, that was a Wednesday, the Edmonton Oilers beat the Pittsburgh Penguins by a final score of 5-2. to two. Since then, the Pittsburgh Penguins have proceeded to rip into the league. It began with a win over the Vancouver Canucks 4 to 1, then a defeat of the Seattle Kraken 6 to 1, beating the Caps and the Ducks back to back, beating Montreal, beating the Buffalo Sabres and then most recently beating the New Jersey Devils 3 to 2, seven game winning streak for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And just when you're ready to say it's time for the Penguins to turn the page, they do something like that. So two questions outstanding. A, how do they do it? And B, what's next? What does this mean for general manager Ron Hextall? Dan Kovacevic uh, is a hockey columnist at DK Pittsburgh Sports. He joins me now. Uh, Dan, how are you today? Thanks so much for this. All right, Jeff. Good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. So that Edmonton game, December the 1st, okay, so they get you know, they get kicked around a little bit, 5-2, to two, and bounce back against the Vancouver Canucks, who are very much in a vulnerable position, uh, as we all know. But since then, it's been this string of excellence for the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is both, if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, I would imagine inspiring, but also confusing. Like, I don't have a handle on who the Penguins are. Just when I, the minute I write them off, they go on a seven-game rip. So I'll ask you because you're closer. Who are the Pittsburgh Penguins? Well, they, they, it's actually been a lot more consistent uh, than what the seven-game winning streak or certainly what one night in uh, in Edmonton uh, would suggest. Uh, they They have become a defensive team. Now, when you hear that, generally speaking, in hockey, you're thinking of the 96 Devils and you're cringing. Right. Right. Um, that's not what this is. The Penguins are a 200-foot, in-your-face, very fast uh, and very aggressive and persistent and also smart hockey team. If you look at some of the acquisitions that Hextall made this past summer, you're talking about um, you know Brock McGinn, who's come in and been a terrific performer on the third line, Danton Heinen, who's put up a bunch of goals, including another beauty last night in Newark. Uh, these were not expensive players, but they were players that fit with what it is that uh, both Hextall and Mike Sullivan at ice level want to build. Who are they? Is They want everybody in your face at all times. They went into Toronto when the Maple Leafs had won uh, six in a row and just totally wiped them off the ice. And they mm-hmm. did that just by being right in their faces. So this isn't this isn't new. Uh, they did it in Tampa. They did it to some of the better teams in the league. They shut out Anaheim, first place team here just a week ago. Um, I'm going to reemphasize this. It's not like the Pittsburgh Penguins of all franchises in the league have gotten dull. Uh, that's yeah. not what's happening here. They just want the puck and they want it at all times. And more often than not, they get it. You know, one of the um, 
I want to get into a conversation here about Mike Sullivan before I get back to the back to the players. Um, there have been a lot of coaches that have really impressed us this season. I think that you know Dallas Aikens is one that jumps to mind right away with the Anaheim mm-hmm. Ducks. I mean, there was a shuffling of assistant coaches on the bench, uh, but there weren't any new players. Like there weren't any new cards for him to play. He got handed the exact same deck. He made him a more dangerous rush team and changed some things around. And all of a sudden, the Anaheim Ducks find themselves battling for top spot. Uh, in their division. Dean Evison with Minnesota. There's another one uh, who's done an exceptional job. But, man, what Mike Sullivan has been able to do with this Pittsburgh Penguins team, like it almost seems as if, and listen, they've been strung by injuries, uh, COVID, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we even have a return date set yet for Evgeny Malkin. But what he's been able to do with this team, while making sure that no one thinks that anything is an excuse is pretty impressive, and he's going to be in the conversation for the Jack Adams when all is said and done if Penguins uh, continue to play like this. Do you have a thought on what Mike Sullivan's done with this team, Dan? Well, as you and I are speaking right this second, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, Brian Rust, and Jason Zucker are all missing from the Penguins, and it's it's not COVID. These These are injuries. Yeah. And Malkin has yet to play a shift for the Penguins. He's in a non-contact sweater right now. He's not seen as being very far away, but they've also missed a month and a half of, of Sid. So this has been, this has been going for a while here. However, if you know, Mike Sullivan, you know that his system that he deployed against the San Jose Sharks in the 2016 final and the, against the Predators in the 2017 final has not changed in the slightest. He wants them to play the same way. What's been the difference at times over the years has been it's a hard way to play. That's something Sid told me when we were up in Montreal a couple of weeks ago. Sid goes, you understand, this is not an easy way to play. You're constantly at everyone at every turn. That's coming from the head coach. But the difference is, and this is what you mentioned here, Jeff, this is a team that's getting a little bit older uh, at its core meaning Sid, uh, meaning Malkin, meaning Chris Letang, who, by the way, is having a superlative season on the blue line that almost nobody in hockey is talking about. 20 points, he's the assist leader on this team, ice time leader and all that other stuff. Sullivan has found a way to get his core and his stars, his main guys, to play the same way that the third and fourth liners are. And that's been the key. And Sid, in particular, Sidney Patrick Crosby has bought into this 1,000%. And he's the one that's setting the example. Now, think about this. You're, you know, so-and-so random dude coming up from Wilkes-Barre, Sam Lafferty or whoever, and you see Sid playing that way. You have no choice. That is to the head coach's credit. That is um, to the head coach's credit. You know, I can I can recall, and listen, I, I think Sidney, like you can make the argument, he should be in the MVP conversation every single season just because of the work rate that he sets for the entire Penguin squad. Like I remember uh, I remember Colby Armstrong telling me the story when he first joined the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, it was after the first skate, and he went into the weight room, and like, Crosby is working like harder than anybody else. Like he's just <laughs> You've seen Crosby work out. And Colby said he, he turned to Crosby and goes, what are you doing? Is there like a league? Uh, is there like a league higher than the NHL? Like, what what are you doing here? Why are you, why are you, work, why are you working out? Like, like the you, is there another league that we don't know about that you're trying That's to get great. into here, Crosby? 
So I mean, I I think that he should always be uh, in, in that uh, in that uh, in that conversation. But it does make it easier if you're Mike Sullivan and. You know, your best player is also your hardest worker. You know, Ryan Whitney always calls him you know, like a, 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 a first-line grinder. I can't remember the quote is, first-line grinder or like oh, you know, fourth-line superstar. It's like, oh, he, he, Sid hates that. I know Sid he hates, hates it, <laughs> but he has, that men, he has that worker mentality yeah. married with this like elite-level skill and vision. And I think your point's the right one. You're someone that joins the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you see Crosby sweating through that baseball cap like that on a consistent basis. It embarrasses you not to try to work your hardest, whether you're on the ice oh, or whether absolutely. you're in the gym. Absolutely. You know, like, and and he's, he, he's taking a while to come around, Jeff. It, it, it's been a slow start. Um, he, he, he had mentioned to me on the, on the recent Canadian trip that they made that uh, he's never been through a start of a season like this where he had to come back from the wrist surgery – and then he he comes back and he plays one game and he gets COVID and he's out for another week. And he's really been trying hard to become his best self. That's starting to show in his playmaking. It's not in his goal scoring. And I can tell you firsthand that he's irritated about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never considered himself to be a one-dimensional uh, assist-first kind of player. He wants to score goals. They haven't been going in for him. But along the way, he's done everything that's needed to do to win. Remember when Mike Babcock referred to Sid uh, over in Sochi as a serial winner when he was referring to Team Canada? Yeah. Uh, that's that's who Sid is. Sid's going to take that defensive zone draw every bit as seriously as he will uh, a great scoring opportunity. You know, there's a uh, there's a great video out there uh, somewhere that I saw, and I cannot even remember the, who the player was. But I mean, it's not like a superstar player it was it was uh, someone else who's working out with Crosby on the ice, and they're using half the sheet. Uh, it's just a few guys, a small group skate, and about you know 45 minutes into the skate, you know, half the ice is all chewed up, and the other half is still fresh, flooded, dry, like the whole deal, perfect, perfect half sheet. And the player says to Crosby, like, oh, hey, man, like, why don't we go, like, the, there's a clean sheet down there. Let's go, you know, finish our finish the drills down there. And Crosby goes, no, I, I, I like working on ice like this. And he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, no, it's, it's harder like this. This is where, this is, this, this, this is better for you. It's easy to do it on yeah. a clean sheet. It's like, no, we're staying here where the ice is all chewed up and there's snow and there's divots. Like, it's hard. That's that to me is like there's so many great stories of Crosby's work ethic that are, that mm-hmm. are out there, and everybody has them. That's one of my favorites. You know, Colby's he's, line he's, about this or a different about, league is another one, but he's he's on another planet. Regardless of he's, he's oh, thinking he's not about his. winning the game. When you yeah. when you think about the legacies of the 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 several great players that the city of Pittsburgh has been blessed to have over the years, and we're obviously talking about Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager. Uh, Sid and Gino and actually a bunch of others. Uh, you're you're looking at someone who's going to be remembered. I believe not that he's done. I don't want to start talking about him in the past tense. I believe he's going to be remembered principally for how he won and how he carried teams to championships, whether that's in the NHL or in shorter international tournaments or whatever it is that he's been the guy. That said, Jeff, I'd be remiss if I didn't throw this in. The MVP of this hockey team, of the Pittsburgh Penguins this season, has unquestionably been Tristan Jari. 
Yeah, huge bounce bounce back. back. Huge bounce back. In the biggest way from that Islanders series. Uh, I was among the people wondering if the Penguins were making a mistake because they went into that playoff uh, this past spring with a very, very good feel to that team. They really thought they were going to make a run, and then their goaltender just completely let them down. You can't afford that when you have a team of this age. You know, I, I firmly believe, and, you know, Brian Burke has mentioned this um, to me here on the radio. This isn't telling tales out of school. Like, publicly, he said, like, that series changed the immediate direction of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, where many would have thought, okay, they're going to ride out the string, they're going to play it out, they're going to get blown out by the New York Islanders, and then Hextall is going to make changes. You know, you look at that series, and if they only got a save from Tristan Jari, you can make the argument yeah. the Penguins win that series. You know, they just didn't have, then a, who just didn't have a goaltender to make right. the save. Yeah, and then who knows what? Because how many teams were there in the field who were better than the Islanders? You know, those yeah. Islanders. Yeah. And and Jari has come back to his considerable credit, as well as that of goaltending coach Andy Kyoto, and really been probably one of the five or six best goaltenders in the NHL this season at everything. And he's playing at a, at a, not only at a level, but also with a frequency that he's never experienced before in his career. And they're riding him. I mean, I didn't think, honestly, I didn't think they'd play him last night in Newark. You know, the devils aren't exactly up there in the standings mm-hmm. and they'd played a bunch of games lately. And uh, Sullivan says, nah, we need this one too. And it turns out <laughs> Jari was the best player on the ice last night. Yeah, had to make a save on a breakaway with one second left to preserve yeah. the one goal victory. Uh, Nine thirty-two save percentage. Uh, what's the old saying? Show me a good goalie, I'll show you a good coach. Um, but before we wrap up here, I want to get your thoughts on on what the uh, what the new ownership is going to mean for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, Fenway Sports pays you know reported between you know eight seventy-five and nine hundred million dollars for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That gets everybody's attention. By the way, that was. You know, a big conversation at the Board of Governors uh, that I was at uh, a week and a half ago at, uh, in West Palm. Like, everyone's like, whoa, if they're getting $900 million, there are plenty of owners here that are like, I wonder what we can get now. And that's very much a thing <laughs> in, the, uh, in the NHL. But what do you think, that Dan, what does the thing that that means for, uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Like, we have no idea well, how off, Fenway I, Sports I feels about it. Yeah, the number is definitely $900 million, right on the dot. Okay. Uh, the second thing I can tell you, is that if you're one of those other owners who was at the Board of Governors meetings and you want to get a payday someday like what Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle just got, then you have better built up uh, the number one hockey market in the United States because that's what the Penguins are and that's what Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh is. Uh, Sure, it's been assisted greatly by having some of those players that I just mentioned to you. But at the same time, when you have the number one TV ratings – in the United States, of course, year after year after year, and you have the sellout streak that only a pandemic could end, mm-hmm, uh, that yeah. extended back uh, 11 years, that's that's not easy to do. The Penguins have also been extremely aggressive in the local community in terms of building up uh, players, uh, building up talent. We're now seeing that it's very routine around the NHL to see a player from Pittsburgh take on a starring role on an NHL team. There's a bunch of them all over. Uh, The one that's jumping out to me right now is JT Miller having a terrific season in Vancouver. But you've got Brandon Saad, you've got John Gibson, 
goaltender for the Ducks. There's there's yeah. Pittsburgh players all over the league that were trained here. You know, they didn't go somewhere else the way they used to have to, you know? Sure. Um, that's The Penguins keep building rinks. They just opened another one in the city. That's how you do it, and that's how They're... you build up your value. Yeah, the, uh, the the Junior Penguins program, I mean, listen, Tyler Kennedy does a tremendous program. Mm-hmm. There was some elite players. For but that's sure, a, as TK that would is, say. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Old Sue Greyhound, as anyone listening, as follows Junior Hockey will tell you, it, he's really done a tremendous job, but the, the, the whole program has. Um, Dan, we're out of time. Listen, thanks so much for uh, for stopping by to share your expertise. We have to do this again soon, my friend. Anytime, Jeff. See you next week. Yes, sir. Dan Kovacevic uh, is a hockey columnist at DK Pittsburgh Sports, uh, covering the Pittsburgh Penguins, and has done so going back to 97, 98. Whew. He's seen a lot.